0: All right, we're back for another holiday chat. And uh, I've got Egon here on the line with me. Merry Christmas, Egon. How are you? Merry Christmas. Hi, Dave. So uh, let's start off with the type of
1: business that you want to talk about. Been looking at a hospitality business. Um, been in the hospitality industry, so to speak, for about seven years with the cottage rental i uh, been looking to purchase a, uh, a cottage business, uh, a larger, between 7 and 15 units. And um, <clears throat> we've been having a hard time finding any businesses uh, anywhere around Halifax uh, within about half an hour, 45 minute drive. Okay. So we, we found, we think we found one and uh, we hope that uh, this one will work out, but the numbers don't seem to, to show that. Okay. So, so let me ask you a couple questions. Um, number one, the cottage rental that you have now, is it one single unit you rent out? Yes, it's one single unit. It's basically our trial run. We've been doing everything from beginning to end, including cleaning. So we wanted to see and get the experience to know how much actually takes, how much work it takes to run an operation like that. And are you using platforms like Airbnb to rent it out? Yes, we use all the platforms available. And we okay. usually have 100% occupancy throughout the summer, on average, except for two years ago. <laughs> in in the height of the, the
0: uh, pandemic and everything. it's
1: a That's right, yes. That's so right. As, soon as, as soon as they shut down Atlantic Canada, we basically uh, lost out on, on, uh, on customers, yes.
0: And so let me ask you, how much time does it take for you to manage that one unit?
1: Well, we do it on the weekends because we work full time. Uh, so it takes about, uh, with the pandemic in full swing, it took about um, five, six hours for two people to to manage that on the weekends on average. And so you're typically only renting it out for a full week. Is that right? That's right. So we have a five to six night minimum, depending on the month. So early June would be five nights, then July, August, uh, early September would be six night minimum, just to uh, to make it worth our while. Okay. And so, can you describe then the business that you found? <clears throat> so the business that we found is a, a fully operational business within about an hour of Halifax. Yeah. Uh, so it would be uh, close. I'd say about half an hour for us to drive to get there. Uh, that's what we've been looking for. It is a prime location, so it's a Class A type location. It would have oceanfront or oceanfront access. One of those two. Um, and, um, it would have at least, uh, um, six to 10 units. So that's, that's the, it's a type of business with potential to, to increase the, the units as well.
0: And so is it, is it just a bunch of cottages together that you could manage in the way that you're managing your one unit now, or is it more like a business where there's like a reception
1: and some kind of common facilities that the cottage, uh, users share? it would be individual cottages that's that's the goal that makes it easier to manage because then you can go from one to the next and not disturb other guests that's that's the best option okay so so
0: this one this opportunity you're looking at it's it's just the same as what you have now but more units correct that's right okay. And so, and you had done up something that you shared with me. I'm going to share it on the screen because you've you've made it anonymous. So, um, this is using some kind of real estate uh, investment analysis tool. Is it?
1: Yes, it's uh, it's an, an app I have on my phone that gives me a quick, quick ten minute way of analyzing any properties. So, uh, um. <laughs> I think I think the name of it is at the bottom of uh, of the presentation or the the, uh, the printout. So,
0: okay,
1: so so they want two point two
0: million is this the asking price. Yes, and uh, then you have a net operating income calculated out here, mm-hmm. and it it summarizes some other information here. But I want to want to talk more about some of the assumptions that went into it. So you're looking at this 2.2 million purchase price, a first mortgage of 900,000 and a second mortgage of a million. What, what do the bankers say when you talk with them about these kinds of investments?
1: Well, the, the, real, the real estate that sits behind it uh, should justify the purchase price, obviously. So when the appraisal time comes and, and we get the bank to look at the financing, um, we, we definitely have to come in or, uh, of uh, a loan-to-value ratio uh, of under 65, right? So the way calculated is, it seemed to be around 45 to 50, depending on, on the, final, the final purchase price. But uh, it, it seems like, so the first mortgage would be with a bank that you see there mm-hmm. uh, at, a, at about uh, maybe 3% over 30 years. Ideally, I know uh, that that's hard to get, but if there's, a, there's a, a backing by real estate, that might be a bit different. So I don't have the answer from a bank yet. I'm still waiting to hear back from them because it has to go through a different channel than a regular um, um, person at the bank. So they had to reach out and they're going to find out for me if that's possible. The second mortgage is basically a blended one. Uh, it's, it's interest only and it'd be a, a vendor take back mortgage. Okay, so did the person at the
0: bank give
1: you any indication of what kind of term? No, not yet. Yeah. No, I don't have that yet. Unfortunately, the, my guess is was uh, five years. Okay.
0: And so, and so for people who listen to this afterwards, a lot of them are in the States where you can get a 30-year fixed-term mortgage where you just pay the yes. same amount over 30 years. But that's not the case in Canada. You can get a 30-year amortizing mortgage, but a five-year term means that at the end of the five years, your contract is up and you have to renew given the conditions of the day. So if interest rates go up, it means in five years' time, you'd be renewing at a higher rate. So some of the assumptions we're making here about about the long-term value and cash flow, et cetera, fall into question after the fifth year.
1: So the plan was to get a 10-year mortgage at a Mm -hmm. fixed rate to ensure that for at least 10 years, uh, you have you have the same cash flow. Okay. The exp- So all right. So let's talk about this. You've
0: got it broken down into monthly income, but is it is it realistic to get the income year round? What's your experience been
1: with your property? So so the numbers you see there right now is the current annual per season means four to six months depending on the on the on the weather and the year okay Okay. so what i did is i used that same number uh and i i broke it out to work with the purchase price and the mortgages to be able to service my debt okay so so if the current if the current number does not give me enough money i can't create the blue sky in order to move on and 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 generate additional revenue, okay. Okay. So I watched enough of your videos to know that whatever whatever is currently being made in the business needs to needs to at least carry what you purchase. So that that was my assumption. Okay, that's what you yes. see there. You're correct. It's not a monthly, okay. but based on how the app calculates it, that's that's a quick way for me to see that. Does it actually cash flow enough? And does it give me enough money to, to pay for this every month? Because from a vendor take pack perspective, we haven't negotiated the terms yet. There might be interest monthly, might be interest, you know, every six months. So, so depending on that, I need to be sure that every month carries uh, carries the business. Okay.
0: And so, so let, so then let's, I'm going to lean more on the annual column. Okay. Uh, before we're finished, we're going to talk more about, about the monthly cash flow. Um, so vacancy loss is an assumption about how many empty days you're going to have over the course of the year?
1: That is correct. Yes.
0: But are they booking $300,000 right now? Yes. So so their revenue already takes into account some of the vacancies they have.
1: That is correct.
0: Okay. So this is kind of like uh, a, a buffer, then.
1: Worst case scenario, correct?
0: Okay. What? And then I see cleaning and maintenance. Is is this a person working for you full time, or what is what does this so look like?
1: Everything, because because I didn't want to didn't want to go into too many details because it gave away what what mm-hmm. the business is, <laughs> and I know uh, we have an NDA, so we we can't really break out the details. But everything you see under expenses. Is everything that's salaries, that's maintenance, uh, that's any cost that that comes up as a as a contingency for any repairs, uh, landscaping, everything. Everything is included in in the in the expenses. So that final number that you should really look at is operating, and that is just for the season. So right now there is a there is a shutdown cost, and there's also an opening cost. Mm-hmm. And there's no numbers right now to, to justify a year-round operation. So I can't generate uh, 356 days a year, a number that would make it, you know, like I said, it's a blue sky number. So I can't come up with that right now because I don't know till I do it.
0: Right. So uh, but the one thing I wanted to make sure of is that the commissions or fees from the booking sites are included in here.
1: They are all included. Everything you see there as an expense is included in that number. Yes.
0: Okay. And so when I get down here and we're looking at the financial metrics, Mm -hmm. um, we get a cap rate of 5.6%. Have, have you spoken to any of the uh, real estate appraisers in the region about? No, I have not yet.
1: No, okay. because it's so, it's so new and, uh, and um, we just received the numbers not too long ago. So uh, so I haven't had a chance yet. That's why I wanted your opinion first before I go out to any appraisers. Well,
0: I mean, very, very quickly, mm-hmm. um, traditionally, for example, a motel. A motel would sell for eight to twelve times EBITDA, depending on whether it was flagged, meaning it had a brand name, um, and and you know how nice it was, state of repair, et cetera. So we don't have EBITDA on here, but but your net operating income is pretty close to EBITDA, although it doesn't really take into account your time. As Correct. far as so- Managing. So I do
1: have the other numbers as well, just so you know. So I followed your uh, your uh, SDE uh, not, is not cash flow video, yeah. okay. And I do have some of the numbers, so just so you know. So so net income wise, approximately, it's it's a rough number. It's about thirty five net earnings, thirty five thousand cash flow, and uh, is the same because we are not aware of any depreciation or debt repayments. Um, so, so we assume it's the same and then EBITDA would be about 80 and then sales discretionary earnings uh, assumed that we have an owner salary of a hundred um, would be about 180. So EBITDA of 80, that's, that's basically, that is net earnings of 35 plus the taxes of 45,000. It's very rough. But that's, that's what I have right now. And the okay. taxes are not in your numbers that you see there as an expense because I already deducted them to be able to ensure that cash flow works. So you're talking about property taxes? No, I'm talking about uh, uh, GST, HST.
0: GST and HST, though, the, the sales taxes, they're not part of the company's expenses, though. Is is does this three hundred thousand dollars of revenue include their their sales tax? No, it doesn't. No. Okay, so so the tax sales tax just flows through. Okay. For a business like this, because it, short-term rentals, you're charging sales tax, correct? Correct. Right. So you're just you're going to charge that money on top of the the rate, and then you just send that money to the government. So yeah, it, it's not actually an expense to you. You're just the steward of that money when it comes in, and then you send it off. Okay, and then, and then things that you spend tax on, like if you bought a bundle of shingles and paid tax on it, that just gets netted out.
1: So, mm-hmm.
0: so tax isn't really a, a factor here. But what what you're saying then is, if I look at the net operating income of 123 thousand a year, if we factor in your time, the ebit the the EBIT does closer to 80. Is that mm. correct?
1: um now be 35 then took the wrong number sorry the ebitda 35 to be, 30. be 35000
0: okay so so the the 35000 is the level of cash flow before income taxes before any depreciation or amortization yes. And, yeah. and it takes into account the fair market value of your time you said that you valued that at a hundred thousand right that's right yes so it but is it going to be like to me hundred thousand dollars is like a hotel manager's salary on a year-round property
1: okay so so um let me see so the plan was i just used a hundred thousand because uh because of the number that i saw but the plan was uh, for uh, for the wife to manage it part time okay? okay we do have employees or we would hire employees. we plan to hire a a full-time um, manager, so to speak, and then a couple of part-time cleaners so we don't want to to run the business ourselves. okay, and so she would be a part- time manager she would be part- time managing the business that's right. Okay, so and the so you see, to include all those all those salaries as well.
0: Okay, so after you covered all those salaries, uh-huh. and and what would you be paying her for her part time effort over the six or seven months of the season? About twenty. Okay, so to me that sounds like a fair market value for the amount of time and the length of the season. So then, if the if the EBITDA is only thirty five thousand. Uh, and we're talking about a two million dollar investment. Well, my calculator died earlier today; the battery died. Um, we're talking about like <sighs> yes.
1: <laughs> this is a this is a this is a. a, a I have a calculator
0: on my phone. So, <laughs> so four hundred
1: twenty so. times twelve.
0: Uh, divided by thirty-five thousand, to sixty-two times EBITDA. Yes. Yeah, I know. My brain kept rejecting where it wanted to go yes. because it was so high.
1: Yes, same here.
0: So, so, so then, really, here, here's the problem, is mm-hmm. that if you're talking about a coastal property with coastal cottages, mm-hmm. and these are all individual cottages. Then the problem is: is are there some people out there who might be interested in owning these, who might value these cottages collectively at two point two million? Correct. Because it could very well be that their value as real estate, oceanfront cottage, recreational real estate, simply exceeds their the value of the cash flow they're able to generate. And and this would not be um, an uncommon problem in this category okay like like i see this a lot in and i mentioned before in other videos and stuff uh businesses like bed and breakfasts fly fishing lodges uh other types of things like that where um people will buy them and own them as a lifestyle business and and i think there was a probably a correct time to get into this business where you could you know the land hadn't appreciated that much and you you could buy the land and build the cottages and have a more in line with that motel valuation I mentioned. Yes, but what has happened since is that the value of this these properties has just soared um, because of the the scarcity and of you know you're talking about pretty close proximity to Halifax, so not yeah. only not only would there be demand from people from Halifax to have a recreational product property here, but it is an easily accessible airport for people from like Toronto and stuff, right?
1: Okay. So just to give you an indication of how, how much replacement value would be based on current prices. Sure. Just went up. We came up with a number of about $3 million. Yeah. So, so from, a, from a real estate land and property perspective, you're right. Um, the value is not in running a business. The value is in actually um, having a property property. Um, so, so we've been we've been running two other scenarios. So one is the scenario you just described, which you basically turn it into condos, or you find create a cooperative and and you you find buyers who are interested in moving there and running it together. And the third option would actually be to rent it. So seeing what people are willing to pay, uh, who just may have sold their house out west or in Ontario, and they don't want to place they you know they, they have to be somewhere in the city mm-hmm. uh, right now a place like that I potentially could rent for three and a half thousand dollars all included that'd be power internet everything so yeah. at three and a half thousand dollars um that would uh that would be over 12 months uh full time that'd be a bit over three hundred thousand dollars in rent
0: And, and so what we're talking about then here is we're talking about a redevelopment. We're, we're talking about, Hey, th- these properties likely are worth more cl- closer to three. We can get them for 2.2, but the way it's being operated today, it doesn't make sense as a
1: business. Correct. And that's, yeah. that's what we're looking at. And that's why we're looking at it. So, so we, we've been We've been running around trying to figure out what the right scenario is. So I looked at the uh, your scenario where you say well create a mass lease contract uh, basically lease them out for a year, operate them see how you feel about it and then you can either walk away and hand it back or just uh, decide on the purchase. So then we the obviously we have to get the option to purchase as well and uh, and we know that the owners want out as soon as possible which, it's already hard to negotiate a vendor take back uh, for five years. That was almost too long for them. <laughs> so that, that is a problem as well. So the only way to do that would be to, uh, to make them happy, would be to basically um, um, take ownership or, or get ownership of the property uh, with the option to purchase in a year. Uh, basically prove, well, we feel that we can't prove that there's more money to be made in it, even if you run it full time, because that's just going to take up, more more uh expenses on the uh, on the power and, and and internet and so on side so it's hard to justify all those extra expenses for a bit of extra money it didn't make sense either mm-hmm. the condo is one part the rental is the other uh, we just we just don't uh don't feel that the condo part is good either because then we'd lose we'd lose the property uh and and uh We'd rather um, get the, the the rents. I just don't know if that's the right way to think about it.
0: So, so you're so. Let me get this straight. The two scenarios you're thinking about are either to acquire it to rent them out, and and you're talking about seasonal, short term, and longer term over the winters.
1: Full full long term. Oh, okay. Just
0: turn it into twelve month rentals. That removes right. all
1: your cleaning.
0: Hundred percent costs related to trying to get tenants on airbnb and things
1: like this you just need landscaping and clearing in the winter time okay and and so yeah the
0: and then the other option is to buy it condominiumize it and sell off the pieces correct that's right so there's no reason why you would close the door to number two if you try number one first okay Right. And so so here's the thing, though, is that when you present this to the banker, you're going to have to present it almost like a it's, it's going to have to be presented in a in a in a new way. Like the bank's going to want to know about the leases that are in place. They, they want to verify the income under your plan. And right now that income doesn't exist. Correct. Right. So the people who want to sell, they want out as quickly as possible. You mentioned a master lease arrangement. Did you, did you, and that was, that was a story that I had told at one time about a motel that I helped sell. Uh, Correct. And the the buyer did a master lease to take over the property. He renovated all the units. Then he was able to get it reappraised at a higher price, got a mortgage paid, paid for the, for the motel at that time. So, so, have you spoken at all to them about because really all you need is enough time to rent up a bunch of them even if even if you got half of them rented, you'd probably be able to demonstrate to a banker that this is a viable thing for you to do as far as the cash flow. Or do they need work before you could rent them out long term?
1: So that's the nice thing. They wouldn't need any work. That's, that's what we've been looking for that's that's also hard to find. We looked at others before and most of them need work but uh, right now there's there's actually multiple that don't need work on the market. so it's uh, it's unusual to find which is why we, uh, we we seriously started looking at these. So so okay so my plan was uh, if we rent them out, my only problem is how to convince the owners to allow us to do that. That's, that's one, one big hurdle we see because the owners are not willing to provide 100% vendor take back. And they are very interested in seeing the operation continue the way it is currently being operated, which is. They, they, they don't, don't want it to change. They don't want it to change. We have not discussed with them any changes as of yet because we wanted to look at, at other options. I want to talk to you first as well. Yeah. So this is this is a hard sell because they're they're very proud of their business and we really understand. It's just that um, we don't we don't see how we can make it work with that price purchase price and those numbers. It just doesn't seem to ever work out, no matter how we how many things we cut, no matter how much work we take on extra. Which we don't want to buy a, a, an extra job. Mm-hmm. We already have jobs, so most people uh, don't don't built that in from the beginning we want to build that in from the get-go we don't want another job we, we just we want to own a business and run a business so um, so ideally it, it frees up time in five years after we pay back t- pay back the vendor um his his amount uh, after after um, uh the agreement runs out right
0: how how close are you to
1: the seller we know each other um, we've known each other for a while um, and we spent some time together and they, they know we're serious. So that's, uh, that's one thing we've definitely demonstrated. And, and we, we've been uh, in touch every couple of weeks just to let them know where we are and, and, and where we, um, where we think we can take it. Uh, we already said no once, just see so where that. So we said the numbers don't work. Exactly. For the reason you said earlier, it just doesn't, doesn't seem to to uh, be a good investment in a good business. Uh, it's just that every business owner thinks who has real estate behind it thinks that the value is in the real estate.
0: Well, that's because or, they paid for a long time ago and they, they didn't pay this price.
1: Correct. Yeah. That's right.
0: Um, have you done a, a cash flow forecast looking out into the future? I mean, I know there's one here attached to the what you had sent me. Um, have you sat down with them to show them what it would look like for
1: you if you paid this price? No, I have not done yet. This is the first time I'm sharing it. So this is the first one, uh, first one I did, uh, for, for this meeting here. So no, they're not aware of this yet. And, um, I, we will have to show them this, uh, soon just to make them aware of the fact that it just doesn't work, uh, yeah. for someone to pay that amount in order to own that business. Um,
0: Because one of the, one of the strategies that I've advised people and it's based on what I've seen in the past, but it's also based a little bit on the, on that book, never split the difference by Chris Voss negotiating book is when you show somebody what the numbers really look like you, then you say, well, like, I, I'm having trouble figuring out how I make this work and maybe I'm missing something. So you, 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 Ask them how they would make it work, right? Good and, and they and and they they could would probably realize pretty quickly that if they had the kind of mortgage payments that you're talking about, if they had um, you know dollars <throat> a year of mortgage payments to make, mm-hmm. plus they had to make another twenty four thousand dollars of, of capital improvements this year. That's right. They'd, pro- they'd probably realize that their business wouldn't be that viable.
1: Correct. Yes. And I, I think, I think over the year, years, they also, uh, they also created a lot of debt capital. There's a lot of investment that mm-hmm. didn't pay that hasn't been paid back yet. The business uh, um, hasn't been, you know, after the investment was done, uh, the business hasn't been in operation long enough to, to, to justify that. So um, now that they're ready to, to, retire uh it's it's basically i'm trying to get all my dead capital out that i haven't realized yet so that's why it's uh it's so much over you know the, the justifiable number what? That's what we suspect okay so
0: so so keeping it as it is is not very viable you can demonstrate that to them they probably won't want to accept that but
1: mm-hmm.
0: In my experience, sometimes people react emotionally and then later they come around logically and realize that what you're saying is true. Okay. As far as getting them to agree to let you have the property or get control of the property, you, you don't necessarily have to go through the, the paces of having a master lease and doing all that kind of stuff. What you can do is simply have a, a, a little bit of a stretch to closing and then you can go and advertise the property and sign leases. Okay, right. They need to be on board in case the deal doesn't come through that they're going to want to lease out, you know, the units or whatnot. But, but if you say to the, if you show them that this doesn't work, but here's our plan. And in order for the bank loan to be approved, we need to get some leases signed before closing day. So this is why I need uh, four months to close,
1: I or something like that, right? So here's my challenge with that. Um, the uh, next year's season has already been started, mm. which means that bookings exist. <clears throat> Canceling those bookings is probably not the right way to, to finish off a, a business or hand over a business because that's also something that was probably built into the price. It's not specifically mentioned, but it's it's probably already part of part of the uh, the blue sky arrangement so to speak well this annual revenue
0: that you're showing on your on the paper that you sent to me is actually just the seasonal revenue right correct yes so the busy months are not going to be 25,000 a month they're going to be more like 35 to
1: 40 ish in the busy right that's right so so yes so the season the season next year even if we take it over and then Complete the season mm-hmm. means we, we basically go to the last day of, of every booking that currently exists. And then as we move through it, uh, as units are available, free up and, and become available to show to, to potential uh, clients to, to lease out full time. Then we just move into the next season in the winter with full time leases. Yes.
0: Well, there you go. That's that would be a plan that would make sense.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah. And, and, um, you know, up here in, in my neck of the woods, a lot of these weekly cottage rental places along the beaches and the coast here, they will, you know, what they charge per week in July, they charge per month in the fall. Yeah. And then in, in the winter, they, they even charge less and, and get, you know, uh, you know, people like construction workers and people who are just like in transit through the area working on projects and stuff, they'll rent them even cheaper in the winter but it makes more sense to keep them open and heated uh, versus winterizing, you know, closing them in for the, for the season. And
1: that's correct. Yes. Yeah. In most cases it does.
0: Yeah. So now here, let me ask you this other question. The property, do you know what, is there zoning control in this area?
1: There is. Yes. Okay. Property is already zoned accordingly. So uh it's it's uh it's a mix uh there's a there's an owner's unit um and there's uh there's a commercial side to it as well which is the cottages
0: but is it zoned like could somebody come in and tear down all the cottages
1: and put up like a multi-story condo oceanfront property that is a good question i don't know that i have to look into that okay because And and this is one of the, one of the reasons why I
0: ask, how close are you? Because if they, if they want to sell to you and you show them that, you know, it can't be this way, it's got to be this way, etc. If they then go talk to a real estate agent who says, oh, you know what? I can sell this place for 2.2 million. No problem. Because someone will come and put a $15 million building here. Okay. Right. And so the options for the seller, you know, like. The relationship is key because you want them to believe that you're the best option to carry on the business.
1: Understood. Okay. Yes. Right.
0: If you have to make the best proposal you can uh, to try to entice them to do this deal. But if if that possibility exists of you know some big fish coming along who can just write a check for these millions to de- yes. develop it into a huge huge project then then you get
1: marginalized anyway so Understood. yeah okay so so just just uh, to uh, to summarize a bit so currently it it does not it does does not make sense to purchase these properties at this asking price clearly um, there are options to to uh, run them full time but I don't know yet what the actual um, revenue is gonna be in the wintertime. And I also don't know what the costs are actually gonna to be to operate them in the wintertime and have them open. So, those are two, two that's a lot of potential risk there, and that could, could erase a lot of revenue. And like you said, wintertime is slow, and uh, uh, we probably would pay more to keep them open than they actually make when we rent them out. That's a, that's a possibility for sure. Moving into uh, full-time rentals is definitely an option. The only thing I have a problem I have with full-time rentals, full-time rentals like this is what would I actually, I, I'm, I'm used to, I've, I had residential properties about uh, seven years ago and um, I have a hard time finding anything that compares um, in, in, in prime real estate because it's not a condo downtown. It's not a high-rise anywhere. It's not um, uh, a golf course, which is where most of these most of these um, units are. Uh, this will be a bit different. So I have a hard time finding any comps to, to say, this is how much a unit like this would rent for uh, everything included. It's really, really hard to find. So when I run the numbers, um, I always come up with a number of 3,500 a month, everything in or two-bedroom, one-and-a-half-bath units, and sounds it, like a lot. Well, are you comparing it sort of to a house? I, yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have to. In, in this case, I'd have to compare it to a house. But this would be at, at a very prime, uh, high-end price point. And, and that's basically what we're looking at. So so it would we would basically price out, I'd say, 80% of, of the market with this number because most folks who uh who want to live in a place like that um probably can can't afford the rent that's uh that's what it looks like and i mean well the people who can afford that kind of rent would probably ultimately want to buy and that's the other thing so if you pay right. that much in rent you definitely don't want to just pay rent you want to own it
0: yeah, and and you know this is the this is the hard part because you're 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 talking about an a unit of inventory mm-hmm. that's not movable. It's stuck where it is. Yes, and then you you have to figure out what the market will accept. I mean, what I, I mean, it's clear what kind of people want to spend a week there in the summer, right? It's vacationers who want that ocean view they want that nova scotia experience they you know they're going to go visit peggy's cove and places like that that's for, right for, for someone who's living there year round what is it going to be a family is it going to be a couple is it going to be somebody who's um you know older you know are they yes. going to be people that work
1: in the city or are they going to be retired retirees that that is uh, that would be our, our target market retirees who only live here six six months of the year or less, and uh, with the current situation that's going to be twelve months, but that can change any time, right? So, so based on that, uh, based on that um, target market, um, it's hard to justify the price. So, kind of minimizing, the the development might be a better option and uh, have our exit strategy built in with the purchase.
0: Well, let's put ourselves in the shoes of this imaginary person, right? So, or, or a couple who are, you know, approaching retirement, they're professionals. Let's say they work in the city. They like to be about, you know, this distance from town. Um, they don't have to go into their office every day, let's say. Mm-hmm. And so What are their options? Like if they were to buy their own place in that area on the water, what would they be looking at as far as uh, buying? Would it be a million bucks?
1: Three quarters of a million right now, two bedroom, two bath. Three quarters of a
0: million. And so if if they got a mortgage, what would they be paying every month between all of their overheads, the mortgage, property tax, et cetera?
1: So just looking at that, Probably about three thousand dollars a month. Yeah, 3, dollars Right. So, so the the
0: people who might want to rent one of these from you, they're actually the same people, but but maybe they don't know if they want to commit to that lifestyle. They don't know if they want to buy their place of their own yet. So mm-hmm. they might sign a one-year lease with you. Okay. As they get to know the area, get to know because the amount that they're going to be laying out with you is going to be almost the same from a monthly cash flow point of view.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Right. And and a lot of those people are probably going to have money in the bank for maybe a home that they sold or something like that. But before they make that investment, they might want to dip their toe into that lifestyle. So then the then the question is. Um, Are there enough of them, right? So I would be looking at how many of those types of three quarter million dollar oceanfront properties are selling every year. Like, is there a is there? Can you measure how much that market might be? Because not everyone who does who makes those purchases is going to be willing to rent for a while first, right?
1: That's true. Yes. So so right now the, as as we all know the, the short supply lots of demand so things sell within days mm-hmm. uh, if not hours so uh it, it it shouldn't be a problem to attract buyers uh who are from away bc ontario and that would be basically the target market i would say and, and i think that would be easier to to, to plan for and and and, and target than uh, than anyone locally
0: hmm yeah, because somebody who grew up around there probably is going to have a hard time justifying spending that kind of rent. That's
1: that's exactly it. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Mark.
0: You know, from from simply a, a, an asset point of view, the mm-hmm. fact that it would be the replacement cost is three million, and you can buy it for two point two. I mean, there's an enticement there, isn't there? Sort of yeah. drawing you towards this as as an opportunity. Um, the, you know, I brought up this topic before, speculation versus investment. Yes. And so because its current mode of operation doesn't really justify the price, then it leads me more down the road that you have to be thinking about this like you're almost, uh, it's like a new business startup. It's like some, because he's not renting them for 3,500 a month. No. That's right. What what is he renting them for? If we look at the peak season weekly multiplied by four, just
1: pulling the numbers here. Um, So peak season is about twenty two, almost. Three hundred. That's just main season. Just just for the uh, for the summer season. That whole number is almost just for a for this five and a half months. Okay, but I'm I'm
0: trying to figure out like each unit. What is his re- weekly rental rate? Like, is, um, he, is he charging uh, two grand per week in the summer? or Yes, that's about right on average. That's okay. correct. Yep. So, so in the summertime, on a weekly basis, he's getting eight thousand for yeah. for each month of one of those cottages, right? Now, yeah. it's, it's a different product, right? It's a weekly rental. Um, but if if you were presenting to someone who wanted to sign a twelve month lease, like do you know how motorcycle insurance is priced? No. So, because the season is the summertime if you if you buy motorcycle insurance in june and then try to cancel in september thinking that you're only going to pay one quarter of your annual bill that's not how it works because they prorate the uh, the amount over the course of knowing that most motorcycles are rolling in the summer right so if if we know that these things are worth 8000 a month in the summer and maybe we can say they're worth 1500 in the, in february mm-hmm. right but if we if we look at the value over the course of the year and then average that out, we'll probably be around that thirty five hundred, and that would be part of how you present it.
1: Yes, that is a good way to uh, to do that. Thank you. Yes. Right, that is yeah, that's actually very close to that. It's a bit more even, so that that would that would work out really well. But yes, people get to enjoy it full time in the summertime, uh, which is a discount. And then in the wintertime, they can uh, they're still saving the money because they're probably still getting an extra discount on top of the discount to get in the summertime. Right. So so if I was going to turn this into long term rentals,
0: I would actually not necessarily turn my back on the short term people. I would I would offer them maybe on, on monthly terms. Yeah. But then tell and, and have different prices for the different months of the year. But then with a caveat that if you want to sign a 12 month lease, this is your monthly cost. And this is kind of the average cost.
1: That's a good idea.
0: Right. It's almost like you're introducing it like a financing plan to smooth out the cost over the course of the year. And if you have somebody who says, you know, I just need, I I'm, you know, If you have an empty unit in November and someone wants it for four months, then you let them have it at the lower rate. Because, you know, if you can't find someone willing to sign a 12 month lease, I, I could, are you familiar with uh, like these executive furnished executive stay suite type of uh, properties? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. In in my mind, it would, you might want to lean towards that kind of thing where, I mean, you might have someone who just wants it for the whole summer. And they're willing to pay more than thirty five hundred a month.
1: That is a very good idea.
0: Yeah, but I think what we're talking about here is we're talking about creating a business
1: plan for a very different style of business than what is there today. Yes, that's right. that. Yeah, we basically start from scratch, like you said, um, and uh, because we have, we can't, we can't show any revenue, and we don't have any contracts in place and no agreements in place. Uh, with tenants, potential tenants, this is going to be uh, an interesting exercise for sure. But I think that it because there are bookings for the summer, if you went and
0: talked with a banker right now and said, we want to buy this property and this is our plan and mm-hmm. you had your for- financial forecast and everything done out, and your plan was to change it from the weekly rental that is there today into this new format the banker's not going to worry that you're going to miss your payments in the summer because there's already bookings there. Okay. Yes. Right. And so they may be open to this plan, especially if they're only lending you $900,000 against property with a replacement cost of 3 million. Yes. That's That's true. So once you've completed, completed your format change, and it may not take five years, you might be able to do this in two or three, Mm -hmm. then you could probably go back and refinance it, and you'd probably have a higher value and you could pay out the, the vendor take back note.
1: Okay. Just taking some notes here. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about finance, if you don't mind, then. Sure. From a bank perspective, if if the appraisal comes in close to purchase price, let's say, and the vendor is willing to give us a vendor take back to purchase it. So that would be 2.2 appraisal. That is sixty-five. No, sixty-five percent. The the
0: in, in your uh, in your thing that you sent me, you were showing a nine hundred thousand dollar bank loan. Yes, that's correct. Yes. So nine hundred divided by twenty-two hundred is only forty-one mm-hmm. percent. So mm-hmm. you're, you're looking for the bank to finance 41% of the purchase. Yes. And so the bank is going to be concerned about the second. They want to make sure you can cash flow. Mm-hmm. But from a security point of view, they're going to be very happy. They're not going to be afraid at all. From a cash flow point of view of understanding that you're able to, to make the payments, what you might expect them to do is to want some kind of postponement agreement with the seller so for example for example if you get to next winter and your revenues are down the bank might want the option of being able to dictate that you don't make any payments to the seller until your cash flow improves
1: okay so if revenue is down next after next season though, right? Yeah. Okay.
0: Like this This is the kind of thing the banker might come back to you with.
1: Okay. And that would have to go onto the term sheet with the, with the seller for the vendor take back. Well, yeah, but not yet. So <laughs> you, you make the offer subject to
0: financing, then you go get the bank financing. And if the banker wants to put that kind of condition on you, then you have to come back to the seller. Okay. So good news, bad news. Good news. I got the loan. Bad news that they want you to agree to this condition. Okay. Yeah. The other can, the other thing they might ask is they might want to see you have additional liquidity to make a couple of mortgage payments next winter.
1: Yeah. So, so we do have that. Um, We are set up to do that uh, with the home equity line of credit. So we are, we are set up for, for any, that's basically our contingency. Um, Ideally, Ideally, we, we put the least amount in uh, just in case any other things come up. Um, running a, a cottage business is not cheap by any means. Right. And there's, a lot, there's lots of repairs to, to contend with. So it's hard to, uh, to uh, plan or prepare for, for major expenses, um, as we learned with our own cottage rental. So So we're very careful when it comes to that. So uh, having a, um, a $50,000 to $100,000 uh, contingency lying around somewhere is, is necessary in order to operate these businesses. We're already aware of that. So that, that's why the, uh, the numbers never seem to work out because we've never been able to build that contingency or pay out the, the, the seller uh, in five years. Those, those things just never jive because we never got past four hundred fifty. Uh, over five years, and then we had to pay back a million dollars. That just doesn't seem to doesn't seem to be a good. Well, a good, you would you you wouldn't pay out the seller with cash.
0: Like in in a in a plan like this, the plan would be to refinance with the bank. So so you buy this you buy the property you operate it for a few years and then as you approach that. Um, second mortgage balloon where you have to pay the million dollars, you refinance. See, if I was advising the seller, I, yeah. I would tell them not to do a five-year with a full-on balloon. I would say put in some kind of contingency for amortization because what the seller is doing is he's relying on you to qualify for credit in five years. That and is we, correct. we don't know what the world's going to look like in five years. We could have 10% interest rates. You know, the, the market value of this property could be one million like any number of things. And I mean, that's crazy, but the fact is, so is having a global pandemic, like who knows what could happen. Right. So if I was advising him, I'd be saying, okay, interest only for five years Mm -hmm. and then let's make it an amortizing note. So that if, if the buyer, if Egon can't come up with the money, at least there's a plan to get rid of the debt, even if we end up taking another 10 years. So I would be telling this guy, after five years, it, it goes from you know, 2.75% to 6% and with a 10-year amortization. Now you have to start making interest payments at a higher rate and pay principal and interest blended payments. It certainly gives you an incentive to refinance it if rates are still low at that time. But yes. if, if for some reason you can't get bank financing, at least you're not going to face foreclosure from him.
1: Understood. Yeah. Okay. So, so, but you agree with the uh, with the interest only f- uh, for five years? Is that something you you recommend? Oh, I think it's great if you'll agree to it because it improves your cash flow situation.
0: Correct. And and I would also, you know, is it is it open? Like, can you make principal payments at any time?
1: That's what I would want to negotiate. It have to be open and it'd have to be five years, uh, our, our interest rate, the maximum to pay right now would be max 3%. Um, and I hope I hope to get at least, well, with the numbers I showed you, I uh, want at least uh, half of the purchase price, right? I think it's a million dollars. I put yeah. in there as a, as a number for VTB. So I think that's, that's a fairly reasonable number. I think uh, any seller who sees and sees and looks at their own numbers, will we'll know that that's actually not a bad deal. Yeah, for them.
0: What what I would suggest is that if you successfully change this into more of an executive stay kind of business, mm-hmm. um, you would probably be able to refinance the whole property in the next couple of years. It would simply be a question of what rate is the bank offering you, and if it's higher than the two point seven five he's offered you. And mm-hmm. you might want to keep his mortgage in place because it's a lower rate. okay. But I mean, these are you're talking about decisions about how to best finance the operation. Theres could be other considerations too. Like if rates are starting to rise at that time, you might choose to buy him out anyway.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: But because you know that you're going to be radically changing this business and because you know you need to refinance before the end of five years because of the VTB, in your bank financing for acquisition, you probably don't need to go to a 10-year term. You can probably do a five-year term. Mm-hmm. Because the 10-year term rates are certainly going to be higher.
1: Yes. So so the te- I, I only chose the 10-year because at current rates and not knowing what's going to come down, 10 years or seven years down the road, it would make it fairly safe to, to get a potentially lower interest rate. Uh, and, and if we plan the exit in five, six years down the road, we'd be able to hand that over to someone who can plan for the next four or five years that can take over the mortgage.
0: Right. But, but, you know, you have to refinance before five years to pay him out. Yes. Understood. Yeah. Right. So if you, if you, if, a 10-year term interest is always going to be higher than a five-year term. Yes. is the bank's taking more risk, so they'll want a higher rate. So if you know you have to refinance in the next five years anyway, mm-hmm. it may not make sense to take that 10-year term.
1: Okay.
0: Right? And, and you might even want to consider something shorter because okay. simply because you know that you only need a couple of years to change over into this new business format. And if it's successful, the value of the property will go up.
1: Understood, yes, right? Yes, okay. So look at, look at those, all those options.
0: Yeah, I think you need to make a a cash flow forecast. and I think it needs to be monthly. Yes right. Um, and figure out. These scenarios um, yeah so i mean I,
1: I think there's something here but it, it definitely involves change okay so we're basically transitioning from a uh, current cottage rental uh, business into an executive stay business and the, the, the change and that transition has to happen over the, the slow time of the year just to ensure that we already have the cash flow for the summer, uh, to or the main season to pay for the next year, let's say, and then as we transition, we change the business model to to month to month or year to year, depending on what the what the uh, the cash flow forecast tells us. Yeah. Okay. I think so. Thanks, Dave. That was a that was a lot of great information. We. Missed, <laughs> Well no problem. Thanks for
0: helping me Moodle through it with my with my thinking. But um I it to me it's it's a it's a it's a challenge because a lot of the you know you're talking about a, an asset intensive business and the asset price isn't being driven by cash flow, it's being driven by the fact that you know neighboring properties are selling for these kinds of prices. Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah.
1: So it's definitely a challenge that is the challenge yes and you know owners owners put a lot of money into to to keep them in good shape and that we can't unfortunately pay them for that (laughs) so so it's 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 very hard to justify to uh justify any price above a million dollars anyway so it's really really hard to to come come to to decide on a business model. But this is this is great information. Thank you.
0: Cool. Well, if you do a deal, let me know and I'll come down and join you for a bonfire. <laughs>
1: Sounds good. Thanks. All right, Egon. Good luck. See you later. Happy holidays. You Cheers. too. Bye. Bye-bye.